Hey, Leading Learning listener, if you represent a membership organization looking for ways to expand your online course catalog rapidly with high quality content, we have good news. At leadinglearning.com AMA, you can find out how to make online training from the American Management Association available to your learners. Through a partnership between AMA and Tagoras, the parent company of Leading Learning, you can give your learners access to more than 70 e-learning modules covering essential business topics ranging from leading and innovating, to managing projects effectively, to working in hybrid teams. For details on how to grow your catalog with courses from a true global leader in management training, visit leadinglearning.com AMA. If you're a leader or an aspiring leader in the business of lifelong learning, you're in the right place. I'm Salisa Steele. And I'm Jeff Cobb. And this is the Leading Learning Podcast. Hey there, we are back in action with a second episode of our after action review for the Leading Learning Symposium. And this is continuing our last episode where we just took a look at what happened at the recent Leading Learning Symposium in Baltimore with the aim of uh, reflecting and and trying to, to plan for improvements for the next time around. If you did not listen to that last episode, you can get that by going to leadinglearning.com forward slash episode 13. And it's certainly not required to listen to the first episode first, but if you want to do things in order, um, you can stop now, go listen to that and come on back and join us again. We also uh, said for the last episode that to grab the program for the symposium to have to follow along with, if you're in a position to do that, uh, you can just get that at leadinglearning.com forward slash program. And again, you don't have to have that handy, but you might find it helpful. And and certainly it's something you can go back and and reference after uh, having heard this episode. So the last time around, um, we looked at uh, the the pre-event activities that we did for the symposium and specifically the emphatically recommended readings. We talked about the priming activity, the jumpstart storytelling that opened up the symposium, talked about community assembly, our content pods, talked about the role of the vendors and trying to break down the barriers between faculty and attendees. And I should say that we also just kind of, you know, consider the event overall and and our perspective on it. Um, This time we're going to take a look at uh, some other parts of of the event. That's right. In the second part of our after action review, we want to look at the application labs, the uh, synthesis sessions that we had at the end of both day one and day two. We want to talk about um, the outside speaker that we brought in, Rohit Bhargava. We want to talk about the curated connections that we had on the afternoon of uh, day two and also just touch briefly on kind of the the breaks and the meals the white space uh, in in the program and we're going to do this again with the aim of um, at least loosely addressing the four questions that tend to go along with an after action review and uh, again if you didn't catch the last episode we talked about the after action review being something that the army in particular has implemented as, as a way of looking at uh, you know the things that it does and having that process of review and, and reflection and improvement and the questions loosely that get addressed are you know what did we set out to do what actually happened uh, why is there a difference between the two to the extent there is and then you know what should we continue to do going forward or, or what should we change and we're not trying to you know to ask each of those questions in detail with every part of the event but we wanted to have that as kind of a background framework as we as we take a look at the symposium so if we take a look at the application labs we had um, three different application labs uh, held over the course of the the two afternoons of the symposium so basically all attendees got to go to all three of the app 
application labs, but we split the the big group of attendees into cohorts, um, both to sort of control just, you know, on the logistical level, the flow of, you know, who went to which application lab when, but then also to, to hopefully really um, provide an opportunity for people over the course of those two days to get to know each other by interacting through those application labs because we called them the app labs because they really were meant to be something where people rolled up their sleeves uh, and engaged with um, some problem solving and, and some idea sharing in, in those sessions. Yeah, and these were, you know, in, in contrast to the morning content pods and the idea of the content pods where we were going to, you know, introduce these concise uh, pieces of content uh, that uh, the faculty and in at least one case an, an attendee presented, you know, have some discussion, Q&A around those. But then the afternoon was to take some of the, the same themes, the same threads that were in those content pods. And as you're saying, Salisa, to be able to actually uh, do some applied work around them, some some meaningful group work to, to get into the concepts a little bit deeper and, and help to bring the experience of the attendees to to bear. And, and I think, you know, that it was important to us that all of the attendees got to experience all of the app labs. At most conferences you go to, it's such a smorgasbord of sessions. And, and that can be great, you know, for variety and just making sure that everybody has something to pick and choose from. But since we're really focusing on community, we're really focusing on conversation, you know, getting people in, in a dialogue around the business of, of lifelong learning, we felt like they needed to have some common points of reference and we, and we focused these on the big themes for the conference. So everybody digging into those big themes together uh, over those couple of days. And, and as you said, we did it in cohorts. And I, I think the cohort concept, you know, it, uh, for the most part worked. I mean, it'd be hard to, uh, to imagine how we would pull it off logistically without having to find people into set groups as they went through. But, but I also think, you know, some people, we did get the feedback, they would have liked to have mixed it up a, a little bit more um, with the cohorts. I think that's something, you know, we'll have to keep in mind going forward. Is, is there a better way to approach that? But in general, you know, having everybody at the at the symposium really going through those those similar applied experiences and, and having a way to you know then have that common point of reference for conversation at least conceptually I, I think is something we want to continue doing and I think that um, it was also interesting to to see that um, we had given thought to those cohorts I mean not just in terms of the the logistical need there but we did pay attention to how people um, were divided into those groups and we tried to give some thought there so perhaps one of the things we can do next go round is is give even more thought or sort of a um, question our assumptions about how to divide people into cohorts for example we tried to separate people who came from the same organization thinking you know they might benefit if they were in a cohort um, with people that they aren't with all the time you know that's the kind of assumption or, or baseline uh, approach that we could could question next go round right Right, so we wanted to get that uh, that diversity um, in there, um, and I, you know, I think all in all, I mean, if we look at you know what we set out to do and what actually happened, to go back to those after action review questions, I mean, we set out for this to be uh, a, a period where people really could sit down and, and dig in and, and apply themselves. I, you know, I I, th I think we did that. Um, the evaluations seem to reflect that for the most part. I mean, we can always get better at that. that we're going to be able to get better at every single thing that we do here. So I, I think those actually, you know, did work out as planned, what we set out to do and, and what actually happened. Um, we'll need to continue to improve at them. We'll need to continue to figure out how we make them, you know, even more applicable and, and effective over time. But in terms of it being a, a part of the symposium going forward, I think that probably is going to be a, a core part for us going forward. 
Well, I think it's because we strongly believe in, in what the application labs stand for, which are, you know, uh, active learning, you know, that, that that's when people are going to really um, make the biggest leaps with uh, with their learning when they're actually trying to, to use it, think through it themselves. And so, yeah, I think it will remain a, a big focus. And so then, I mean, one of the things that, um, you know, we're trying to make happen in the application labs, we're trying to facilitate happening was, you know, a great deal of, of reflection, trying to connect the dots. I think there was a an effort on our parts for a lot of connecting of dots throughout the the entire event. You know, I'm sure we succeeded much more in some instances than in others, but we also wanted that to be a part of what followed um, uh, the, the application labs uh, on the on the first day, and then we also did this at the end of the second day. These synthesis uh, sessions um, that we that we held at the end of each day, and and really seeing those as a way to to come back together as a group and have some group reflection around what had actually occurred during the day. And I think you're right that the, for us, it was about connecting the dots. And um, and I think this year we tended to, to some extent, to rely on the attendees to kind of share their own connection of those dots. And, and I think that that worked to a certain extent. Uh, I think going forward, we might want to think about how could we um, – better position people to be connecting those dots you know are there better kind of reflection questions we could give them uh, to to guide them that way or you know perhaps um, mirroring it ourselves meaning you know sharing some of our kind of uh, ahas that connect different things that happened uh, during the day but I think just having that chance built into the schedule for reflection is really important because I think a lot of times we know that reflection um, again is 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 integral to to how we learn but for the most part a a lot of um, learning opportunities uh, leave the reflection to happen kind of on the learner's own time you know after the the actual event and so I think building that in is 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 an important and valuable thing to do yeah and you know one of the things that really came home to me during the course of this symposium as a learning point personally was just how important it is to uh, to be able to ask the right questions, to be able to ask productive and effective questions. And, and we did put a lot of thought into, you know, for instance, with the, the synthesis activity, you know, what, what are we going to ask for that synthesis activity? And um, for the first day, we basically asked people, you know, uh, what today made you uncomfortable uh, and why? And to have some discussion around that, you know, was that the best, most effective question to, to ask? I, you know, I'm, I'm not sure um, afterwards. I mean, I think we got some productive uh, discussion around that, but I think, you know, that's always going to be a challenge for us with this event. And, and I think we need to challenge attendees more, too, to to really be thinking through, you know, what, what are the questions to be asking when it comes to reflection, when it comes to synthesis? So, you know, to go back to the after action uh, review framework again, you know, we set out for this to be a way for people to come together, reflect on the day, hopefully, as, as you were saying, Salisa, connect the dots a, a little bit more, provide some of the reflection in the event that's often deferred until after the event and, and may not happen at all. Um, and, and I think, um, I think as far as something we want to keep as part of the event, we definitely want that to be part of the event structure going forward. Can we do that better? Can we ask better questions? Can we figure out how to facilitate that synthesis much better? Absolutely. Um, But I think we did reasonably well the first time out on it. So let's talk about uh, Rohit Bhargava. We brought him in on um, day two, the opening session of of day two. Um, Jeff, you and I had both read his book, Non-Obvious, and really felt like he what he was talking about uh, in that book in terms of 
the central role of curation and then how curation can can give you insight into non-obvious trends um that you know felt like a good message you know good ideas for this group um one thing that we very consciously decided there was not to have him on day one um as sort of an opening keynote which i think often happens at conferences you sort of have that you know if you're gonna have a a a bigger name um presenter come in that often that is how you open the event but we knew we didn't want to do that yeah i mean we felt it was important to set the stage you know as we said in in the uh, last episode uh around the after action review to to set the stage for what we were hoping to achieve but also in terms of just connecting people with that opening priming event um, we felt it was really about the community it was about the connections and we had to lead with that and then bring in Rohit. Um, and it's funny, I think, you know, of, of all the things that um, we kind of, you know, were unsure about as we were planning this and, and trying to make a decision about it was, do we bring in somebody like this, you know, from the outside? I think in a lot of ways, because it felt like the, the most sort of traditional uh, like the most traditional conference type activity, you, you know, you have the keynote, you have somebody come in to talk at the audience, basically. And, and in some ways that was antithetical to what we were trying to achieve here. But at the same time, we felt we needed we needed some sort of uh, insight from, from outside, some, some outside perspective. And Rohit, I mean, certainly thematically, as you were saying, the whole idea of curation, connecting the dots, which we've already been talking about, you know, earlier in, in this episode. I mean, he was right on as far as that goes. Um, and, and, and connecting the dots in a way that allows you to look out to the future and lead, basically. And leading was a big theme here. So thematically, you know, he was certainly right on. And we just got the sense, you know, we listened to podcasts with him. We had conversations with him. You know, this wasn't the kind of speaker who was just sort of, you know, checking the boxes, going to show up, you know, show up and throw up as I say and then be out of there I mean he really engaged he did uh, very much tailor his, his uh, comments to the group um, he answered questions during the, the time of his talk and then he was on the Q&A panel afterwards with the uh, the people who delivered content pods so he really did engage with the event and we got great feedback on it um, so this was something that you know we were very worried about um, but just, I think, came through great. You know, whether we do it again, whether we keep, you know, bringing in that outside perspective, I mean, I, I, I think we will. That still feels like the, uh, the right thing to do. Um, and I feel like this time, you know, when we set out to bring, out that, bring in that outside perspective and blend it in, um, I, I feel like Rohit worked out very well. And I would, I would definitely highly recommend Rohit to anybody who's considering a, a speaker for an event. And so on the afternoon of day two, we did... Um, uh, a curated connections um, session and um, this was basically uh, we up front before the event had gone out um, with potential topics um, that we thought uh, the attendees would like to talk about and um, had uh, kind of vetted those and identified the the ones that had um, uh, seemed to have critical mass that there would be enough people in the room who would be interested in those those topics and then did some pre-work before the symposium to try to identify uh, facilitators for that and then uh, wound up doing a lot of that kind of recruiting of facilitators at the symposium and and, you know shortly before that curated connections uh, session so Jeff just you know what's your perspective on on the curated connections and and how well it turned out given what we were were trying to accomplish with them yeah it was interesting i mean this is one where 
you know, I, I've been at conferences before where you put people in, in together in groups like this, and it sounds good on the surface. You're going to get peers together. They're going to discuss things, and, and somehow they just never turn out to be all that productive. Um, so, you know, I, I sat in during during one of the sessions. I mean, I wanted to be at one of the tables for this, and I was at a, um, a table talking about credentialing. And, I mean, personally, I found it extremely uh, productive. I mean, people raised their issues, um, but there was a clear eye uh, among the people at the the table, towards how do we actually you know provide some substance that, that helps to address these issues? It actually moves people forward, and it was interesting. We did our debrief with the the faculty um, this week, or we, we've done part of the debrief with the faculty, and and Lisa Bing, who was you know one of the the faculty members, she was also there for this, and she participated, and she found that the conversations that um, she was in also to be productive, and she asked you know would this have worked as well if these weren't learning professionals who were at the event and um and i think my perspective is probably not um but we were kind of banking on that that you know you're getting people together at a table who are very oriented towards learning um you know are accustomed to the idea of facilitating uh, these types of learning experiences and are probably going to be more capable than than a lot of folks are at, at getting good substantive uh, work uh, out of that experience together. And I think for the most part, you know, that happened. We did get you know some feedback in the evaluations that you know some of the discussions weren't um, as productive. So you know, I think going forward, probably like everything we've mentioned in this episode. Um, we can do better at it. Um, we can do more work ahead of time to really get the topics down. We can do more work with the facilitators. We can do more work to frame it. But personally, you know, out of everything that we did at, at the event, um, you know, that I want to make sure we do going forward and do well, th- this might be the number one thing. I really want to see the curated connections because I think there was a lot of value that was generated from those. And so then the last thing that we want to cover uh, in this episode specifically is the, the breaks and the meals and just kind of reflecting on those. And I know when we set out, put the program together, we wanted there to be white space in, in the program. We didn't want it to just be, you know, the absolute minimal breaks. We wanted people to have a chance to take care of their needs, whether that was, you know, running to the bathroom or getting something to drink or returning an email or checking voicemail or and I don't know how much people are actually able to do this but to just sit and think about something that had happened earlier in the day or you know get up and walk around the block outside just something to 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 give give people that space to to take care of what they need to which may even mean doing nothing and I think that's the the kind of ideal goal would be to sort of do nothing or nothing um officially related to the the content um, I, I think that, and then for lunch, we gave, um, you know, more than an hour. The meals, the, the lunch was provided, so, you know, people didn't have to go out and look for that. And one, day one, we had an hour and a half, and day two, we had uh, 75 minutes for that. And so I, I think it felt good in general. I mean, I think you could always have, you know, longer breaks, and for some people, that would be beneficial for others. Then I think it starts to feel like they're, they're, they're too big of holes in the schedule so I think by and large it was it was a nice balance of kind of enough time um, without it being too big a gap between you know one session and then the next session yeah it's interesting when we were you know when we were planning this and going through the programming and and trying to lay everything out um, 
you know, felt like we were providing ample time for lunch, and I think we did. Um, you know, and there was people who commented, well, you know, maybe we could have gone out for lunch on our own one day. Uh, and, and I think there was enough time for that to happen if people really wanted to do that. I, I feel strongly that providing meals so that people don't have to think about that and can maximize their, their free time, you know, I feel like we want to do that. Uh, a group can always break off and, and decide that they want to go out on their own. You know, that's, that's fair game. But when you looked at the breaks between sessions, you know, I think we did what we could, um, and we can discuss this a little bit more when we come back to, to looking at the, the event overall. But, um, you know, it was, it was hard to figure out how to uh, pare things down or take things out so that you could arrange things so that there would be, you know, some reasonable amount of time in, in between sessions. And we ended up, you know, with like 15-minute breaks um, for the most part. And part of me really wanted a half hour in there. I, you know, I have to say I went to um, uh, an event that the, the Pricing Society uh, held, the Professional Pricing Society, a, a while back. And it was an all-day thing. And they had half-hour breaks between their sessions, which was one of the first times I'd experienced that. And, um, I, you know, I found that very valuable, but at the same time, you know, that was a that was a focused one-topic seminar that I was going to. Um, it wasn't trying to put together a lot of pieces and, and make that flow throughout the day. It just felt very difficult to do um, with our program, and it's just you know something we have to look at going forward. Is there a way that we could maybe even provide a little bit more white space than, than we did around the, the sessions themselves? But I think during lunch we did a good job, and in general, I mean, you know, 15 minutes is, is still good. I mean, people had uh, the, the time. Um, and, and whether people would have done more with more time or, or not, I, you know, some will, some won't. That's always a, a mixed bag. Um, but in general, you know, I think providing the white space and, and I think, you know, making sure the meals are there, making it easy for people to take advantage of time as much as possible was an important thing to do. And we'll, we'll keep, you know, striving to, uh, to, to, to be as good about that as we can. So if we look at just kind of big... Um things to address or, or change in general. I know that um, one thing we've already thought about is just um, we will have we have this one symposium behind us now and so looking forward I think we know more what needs to go into it and I think that that will allow us to communicate uh, sooner and also to be uh, more concise in what we communicate. You know there's the the the, the statement that gets attributed to a lot of different writers, but it's, you know, if I had more time, I would have written a shorter letter. You know, it's right, this yeah. idea, like, you know, <laughs> being concise actually requires a, a great deal of, of, of effort and, and planning, and I think that we can move more towards concision now that we have this experience behind us. Yeah, definitely. You know, though at the same time, I mean, you know, one of the reasons that... Um, uh, we didn't communicate everything very early and, and sometimes maybe communicated more often than people would have liked is that we, we were building this very dynamically and I think we have to be careful not to lose that because that was part of the essence of the event. You know, we didn't want to set an agenda a year in advance and say these are the things that, you know, that we're going to come together to do. We wanted to be able to communicate with um, participants, you know, as they registered, get their input, get their feedback. I mean, that's something we very carefully did along the way was we, we really crafted this agenda with a lot of input from um, registrants, uh, certainly our Founders Club registrants, but even beyond that and, and our advisors. So it was very dynamic to shape it. Uh, and it, but it did mean that, you know, we were still working on it up until, you know, fairly close to the event to, to make sure that we really had it right. And I know that makes some people uncomfortable. Um, you know, they, they, they want to know. They, they don't like uh, that, that ambiguity. But um, I think there's always going to be some of that ambiguity in there. But as you said, we'll, we will be able to communicate earlier. We, we will be able to be more concise just as a, a natural byproduct of the learning of, of having done this event once. And, and so we'll certainly do that. 
I know another question we will get to wrestle with is just the the scale of the symposium and, and how as it grows over time which we hope it does and plan for it to you know what will that mean for sort of the dynamic uh, in the room because it was a very hands-on um conference and in many ways because we were bringing the full group together you know if that full group gets you know you know twice the size three times the size you know at what point do you begin losing the ability to sort of truly have it feel like oh we are here as one collective you know entity and you really do have a sense of okay I've talked to most people here and all of that so I know that that's something we're going to want to try to balance is uh you know what is the right level of growth so that we don't completely lose that that true sense of, of community uh, around the event. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'll stick to the never say never uh, sort of philosophy. So I won't say, you know, we never want this to be a thousand person event or, or you know, a 2,500 person event. Um, but certainly, you know, e- even getting it to, as you said, twice the size or three times the size that it was this year, it, it's going to require a lot of thought, a lot of planning, a lot of getting good processes in place to, to make sure that happens. And the, the nature of the event you know, and I'll say this to anybody who came this year who's listening to the podcast, the nature of the event is almost certain to change at least somewhat by next year and by the years after. Um, you know, as you get bigger, as you learn, as, as you, you know, uh, make changes, um, something's going to change. Hopefully things will be gained um, for anything that gets lost along the way. But yeah, that, that, that issue of scale, you know, obviously that's something that's, that's front of mind um, for us right now. And then we, you know, we already touched on it in the uh, the last episode, so I don't want to beat a dead horse. But I think you know a continuing theme for us is going to be really trying to ar- articulate this um, not so much as an event, uh, but you know as a community, as a process of which the event is just one part. And that doesn't mean that you know we're not going to work very hard to make sure that those two days, you know, where we have the symposium, are you know everything they can be. But we all know, you know, as people in the field of learning, that there's there's only so much you're going to get out of two days, no matter how good it is. Um, you know, that you have to have the lead up to it. You have to have what comes afterwards. Um, ideally, and this is what we're aiming for, you stay connected as a community over time. You're engaged in a learning process over time. And this just happens to be one of the peaks in the process, um, basically, as you're going along. So we, we really want to continue to articulate that and um, you know get people to this event but more importantly get them into the leading learning community and collaborating with each other and learning from each other over time and I think as we're looking at this this process at this community and and looking forward to that next peak that will be the the next symposium um, you know I think one thing we're gonna have to look at is is what to trim back I think there's always um, there can be the temptation to add to, mm-hmm. to something that's going well, but I, I think that we know that we can't just add and add, you know, we need to be thinking about, okay, if we're adding this, what are we trimming back and right. it, or taking away entirely, you know? My sense is, is that it will be mostly more of a trimming back rather than, you know, removing um, elements of the symposium whole scale, but, you know, we'll, we'll certainly have to uh, look at that more in detail as we are faced with very concrete choices about, okay, how are we going to spend the two days together? Yeah, because, I mean, we did pack a lot into those two days, and I think, um, you know, some of this came through in the evaluations, but some just, I think, came through from, you know, interacting with people. I mean, particularly by the end of day one, 
uh, I mean, we had covered a lot of ground. We, we, had, we had done a lot, and we, and we made a decision at the end of day one to actually end a little bit early. Um, we didn't do a, a hot seat that we've been planning to do just because we felt like people were a little tapped out, and that, and that wasn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, uh, I, I think a lot of people appreciated the fact that Wow, you know they they gotten so much, and it wasn't just fire hose stuff. It was just it was immersion stuff. I mean, you were just really deeply immersed and engaged. And people at this event, you know, as far as I could tell, really were deeply engaged uh, in what they were doing. But you know that um, it goes back to the idea of white space and just you know how, how do you just work that in with just the. <laughs> what it is to be a human being and, and you know have to engage uh, that intensely over a period of a couple of days so yeah you know we'll, we'll be looking at um, how do we deliver as much value as possible but you know not not be overwhelming in, in the process as well and that just goes back to the idea that, um, that this is part of a continuum um, you know that, that we're all participating in so maybe as that becomes uh, more fully absorbed by the folks who are participating maybe so much doesn't have to be Packed into uh, the, those two days, um, there's more that can you know organically happen uh, among the people who show up, and then before and afterwards. Um, and, and, and you know, and then one specific thing that uh, I'd really like to make sure we figure out a way to address as well as possible going forward is um, we had a surprising number of teams uh, show up at the event, and, and I have to say, I just I had not really thought about that so much uh, ahead of time. I know. I feel like typically when I go to conferences, I'm just meeting mostly just other individuals um, uh, from organizations. So they're the only person there representing their organization. Or even if they have more than one person there, those people are all off, you know, doing the standard multiple tracks and things like that. But we had teams show up here who, you know, knew this was a very focused curriculum, a way for them to all, you know, connect the dots together as we've been uh, talking about, have uh, similar um, and, and yet still different experiences to, to then take back and, 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 and absorb and, and apply within the office environment. So we were surprised by how many teams did show up and then how many people were telling us by the end of the event that um, next year they are bringing their team. They're going to bring two or three people from their organization. So. You know, we didn't we didn't have a specific plan for maximizing the value for for teams of people. I mean, I think that'll happen naturally just because of the way that uh, we design things. But I would like to to focus on that a little bit more and think through. Okay, next year, you know, as we know we have teams from organizations, you know, how do we how do we facilitate that? How do we make sure that they're really going to get um, maximum value along with the individuals, obviously, who will be showing up to to represent organizations. So that is what we set out to cover in terms of going over the remaining elements of the symposium. Um, you know, we're what about three weeks after the event at this point? If even only two. Only two. Only All right. Two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Time just feels like time's flying. But you know, I mean, I, I think we're both really excited still about what what happened in Baltimore uh, at the end of October. We're really excited about having the opportunity to build on that uh, experience. Um, and, and to really take uh, the, the community and this process forward um, and just see where, where it leads. Yeah, and uh, you know, I think probably to be clear in the in the end, um, I mean, I think we both view it as a, as a success. I mean, we're, we're, we're extremely pleased with how things went. Um, can always improve, obviously. We, we're very dedicated to learning and improving, and certainly, you know, these podcasts don't uh, mark the end of our reflection on this. We're going to be engaged with this for the whole next year and, and beyond as part of this, you know, process and community uh, going forward. Um, but, you know, the, the fact that um, that we were able to pull it off the, the, the first time, I'm extremely grateful to the, the folks who did show up, and, and we are looking forward to doing it again. 
And in the meantime, we will be continuing with this podcast. Uh, of course, it's just one of the ways that um, we're, you know, reaching out to the community. We hope if you're listening to this, that uh, you know, if, if you were at the event, or if you, or if you weren't, but just have questions about it, um, that you will comment on it. Uh, you can get the show notes for this episode at leadinglearning.com/episode14, and that's a blog post where where this uh, episode is posted. So you're able to comment there. And and you know, we hope you will comment there, give us any feedback um, that, that you haven't already given us around the symposium. Ask us any questions about it. We would love to hear from you and, and have an ongoing dialogue around it. As far as the podcast itself goes, you know, once you end up on that uh, blog post, you'll see options for subscribing. And you know, we certainly hope whether it's via iTunes or RSS or whatever podcatcher uh, type uh, approach you use, that you will subscribe to the Leading Learning Podcast and, and, and listen in over time. And, and uh, uh, this is just one um, small way of being part of the uh, the community. And if you are enjoying the podcast, we encourage you to uh, spread the love, share the word about the podcast. You can do that by going to leadinglearning.com slash share, and that will pre-populate a, a tweet, or you can take that text and take it to your social network of, of choice. So thanks so much for joining us for this episode on uh, After Action Review of the Leading Learning Symposium. We hope you've enjoyed it. We look forward to your comments, and we look forward to seeing you the next time on the Leading Learning Podcast. (laughs) 